Levels, levels. Levels, levels. Um, I've So you got a new phone. I've heard that these new iPhone 15s are a really hot item. Yeah. People can't get their hands on them. <laughs> literally. But, yeah. Okay. Literally. Yes. I mean, some of the phones are overheating. <laughs> but I read that Apple seems to be taking an NFL turf approach to the issue. If you get my meaning. I mean, basically, I mean, at least they didn't say you're holding it wrong, which is what they did last time. Um, it's not us. It's, it's you. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, is, is that what they're kind of saying? Yeah. Um, that's what I read. Apple says it's the software and not the hardware and developers like Uber and Instagram have been overloading the a 17 pro chips CPU. So it's, it's not the pictures on Instagram that are hot. It's the software. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do me a favor. Stay off Insta for a while, would you? I can guarantee you that will not be a problem. <laughs> Hi, toddlers. Welcome to Talking to Todd, a weekly podcast with Dwayne Johnson and the king of anti-social media, Todd Prince, where failure is always an option. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm just going to say this. There are a number of people who used to be employed by a uh, network that are now on social media that I am pretty sure have a much stronger uh, uh, claim to the crown of king of anti-social media than I do, <laughs> but in a whole different way. <laughs> by the way, by the way, quick follow up from mm-hmm. the cold open. Um Yes. Yeah. When when we say that Apple says that the that the that the software may be a little bit at uh maybe a maybe a fault. I mean Apple's going to issue a software update because there is an issue with the iOS software. However, they also said that Instagram and Uber are so bad at battery that if you just open Instagram, you don't interact with it, just having it open and leave it sit and it will drain one percent of your battery per minute. So um I mean, if you want your phone to be a hot plate or make toast, Instagram's the app for you. You're, although if you want both sides, you're going to need to buy two phones to have them both so set you to can, Instagram. And then, yeah, 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 you just, yeah, yeah. Um, question. Yeah. Is this only affecting 15s? Is that, it going to have, I mean, if I leave Instagram open on my iPhone 14, I mean, uh, first I would have to actually open Instagram for starters. Yeah. Um, this could be a, problem for other members of my household more so than me um to be honest i haven't noticed any overheating on my phone and then they said uh there'll be a software update to fix it even if you're not noticing it because it's not everything and i went that's not a problem for me yet so i didn't read and then it said and some apps like instagram and uber i'm out i i didn't i didn't make it to the end of the sentence so (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> not not a problem. It's sort of like getting a weather forecast for like, 
Hey, by the way, there is a uh, severe thunderstorm warning for Charleston, South Carolina. I dismiss. I don't, it I'm doesn't, good. I don't I'm, live there. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. It doesn't mean I, it doesn't mean I don't care. It just doesn't yeah. affect me. So yeah. I don't know. And I don't, I'm good. Yeah. I'm sure the people who this is affecting care deeply. Yes. But I'm not one of them. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah. Anyway, there we go. But that's, um, you know what? Just that's, that's a good reason. You know what? That's why you didn't upgrade because of the overheating issue. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah. That's oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to yeah, get one. Then, eh, it's yeah. a problem. So, you know what? I'll hold off. Okay. All right. Where are we at? Oh, Hey, it's the time for feedback, follow-up and updates. I, I love this and it. voicemails and voicemails is still in our list. How, how is this still in our list? How have we not updated our rundown in a year and a half? We haven't had a voicemail. And even when we did, we only got them from Doug. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that that is still there. I also feel like, um, and Dwayne, how do they reach us uh, via telegram? Not the telegram app via Western union telegram. <laughs> I don't even know how those work anymore. No, no, no. Yeah, that's it's, probably probably it probably invo- involves some Bitcoin and some crypto. So, oh, <clears throat> anyway, all right. Where are we with feedback? Uh, I I let the the kids. I refer to the kids as Lucas and Hannah. I let the kids know that we opened last week's show with a Taylor Swift cold open. If you're bored and have nothing to do, you should consider listening to the first four minutes of this week's podcast. We tailored our content for a specific audience. And Hannah says, I'm so honored to know that I'm the biggest Swifty you know. (laughs) As it turns out, that is not the case. She was also impressed with how many puns that I know involving Taylor Swift off the top of my head because I wasn't the one among us that was Googling. Um, Again, I am the king of worthless knowledge. However, Amy is listening to the podcast as she's driving from Des Moines to Chicago. Uh, I am not in the truck. She pauses the playback, texts the two of us to find out which of the two of us actually had to Google all the Taylor Swift songs. And had she just listened for an extra minute, she would have known (laughs) that it it was you. She's like, oh, okay. No, okay. That it was, it was tough. (laughs) yeah you know that was really cute and then i was watching sunday night football last night and apparently it was taylor swift coverage with a football game occasionally uh, interspersed and so for the pregame they did a whole thing where they basically just started dropping taylor swift puns to open up sunday night football and my thought was man these are lame oh Oh, only because we did it first. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, apparently all Taylor Swift content all the time from Doug Wilkinson of the Educated Idiots, the opening five minutes, he sends me this text opening five minutes, colon, a someone is jealous that they keep losing guess that song. He's not wrong. <laughs> B, hi, Todd. So apparently I'm now just the <laughs> conduit between you and he 
sending greetings. That's all mm. I'm here for. You're welcome. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, tell Doug hi for me. And <laughs> uh, see, Dwayne, you just need to shake it off. You're feeling 22. These are the glory days. I know it's been a cruel summer, but you've got style. Every podcast is a blank space. No need to be an anti-hero. D, I've got a teenage daughter and a preteen. I'm familiar with her work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Stellar work out of Doug. Thank you for the contribution. How about you? Did you catch some feedback? Uh, No, no, I did not. And, uh, I mean, I think the other piece of feedback we had, though, was... Well, Hannah might be a fan of Taylor Swift, and Doug may be familiar with her work. It turns out uh, Hannah is nowhere near the biggest Swifty we know, because I believe that that title currently is held by Toddler 401k. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, because that feedback came to both of us, not just you or just me. Literally live while he was listening. (laughs) Best cold open ever <laughs> yes um uh toddler 401k also wants to know what it would take what it would what would it take to endow Dwayne as the iron horse endowed assistant to the assistant senior fellow and he thought fifty dollars and i'm like man we haven't seen $50 in aggregate period in the last <laughs> three and a half years. So, okay, but sure. Why not? <laughs> um, for, for the record, if you're curious, um, the highest bidder gets to name whatever my title is. So um, I've got pretty deep pockets given that I'm just paying myself. <laughs> Here, let me take it. Let, let me take a million dollars out of my left pocket and put it into my right. Okay, for a million and one, you can you can name you can give me whatever name you want to. Or if you're Amy, you can give me whatever name you want to every day of the week, twice <laughs> on Sundays. the The only problem with that is, at some point, Jesse's going to hear this and go, "Wait, shouldn't I be getting that money? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, doesn't that doesn't that doesn't that come to the to the the, the to technology the, to the Taylor Center? policy center? Yeah. yeah. Wait, I think if I'm going to endow a chair, I think I get the endowment. What I, of course, would then tell them is like any good uh, research facility, because we're facilitating this, uh, we get 51% of any of the endowment or research dollars that come in. That's just that's just the way things work. So grant, uh, grant administration. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we yes. do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> bound to generate some feedback. Okay. <laughs> feedback begets feedback. How about, how about follow up? Yeah. Hey, I talked about, uh, recently I talked about how the U S Olympic team, uh, doesn't have medals 19 months after the, uh, the Olympics because yep. they're still, yeah. So the, uh, three days of hearings were held and, uh, the outcome was, uh, the group hearing it 
wants to hear more. So they have scheduled follow-up days in November. So not only will there not be a decision in November, they, they, they held off until November to hear more testimony about the alleged drug violation. Uh, so anyway, this is not getting resolved. Like never, no, it's never there at this point. I don't even know what the IOC has done with the medals. I mean, I'm, you go to the IOC headquarters, you get to wear them, get your picture taken with them. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, you know what? You know what lawyers, you know what the lawyers are probably arguing, you know, we could use some more billable time. I mean, time to work on I the mean, case. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yes. And, and all of the people, the judges who are probably lawyers, the prosecution, the defense, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. How about you? Uh, updating the Ference counter. Yes. This last week, the Hawks won a game 26 to, I, I, I don't know what Michigan State scored. It doesn't matter. We're not keeping track of opponent scores. Um, but the Hawkeyes scored 26 points, one of which was on a punt return that Brian gets credit for, for the record. So the total to gain for the Hawkeye offense is 214 points now for the rest of the season. And Amy has now boiled it down to, yes, I'm going to keep track of this, but it's, it's a, how many, how many tiles do I have to change on the board? Because last week it was 240 and this week it's 214. So technically there was only one tile that needed to be changed because she could just slide the four over and then drop it in the, <laughs> one yeah anywho uh one one tile changed this week brian is only barely ahead of plan wouldn't you hate to be because he gets to count all the special teams and defensive touchdowns and neither one of those i don't know who those off those coordinators are but i know that they're not uh uh they're not a child of the head coach can you imagine the like so special teams scored a touchdown, but the defense didn't. I mean they won the game, but can you imagine like the debrief? Kirk is just like screaming at his defensive coordinator. Where's the returns for inter you know interceptions for touchdowns? Where's the fumble recoveries for touchdowns? You aren't doing your job. Like we we held them. I don't care. Your job is to score touchdowns. You mean like the offensive coach? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the scoop and score? Like in the Broncos game. Oh, wait. Oh, is there one of those? Yeah, we'll get to that later. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Skipping along, skipping along, skipping. Wow. You know, when you record on Monday, after just recording on Thursday, the rundown's light. <laughs> Which means we have plenty of time for. That's right. That sound means it's time for America's favorite game. Dwayne, guess a number. Okay, hit me. What are we doing this week? European football. I'm screwed. 
That's the point. Okay. (laughs) We're not doing anything from the athletic. We're not doing anything from the hospitality industry. And we're not doing anything like, oh, well, I bet you the house sold for less if you're mentioning it. Like, no, 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 no. We're, we're, we're going to European football. Okay. Inconceivable. <laughs> I'm going to set this up a little bit because I'm going to give you some context because you're probably lacking some context. I don't think the context will help, but at least it says that I'm giving you a shot at this. Have you heard of a, of a manager uh, called uh, he, whose name is Jose Marino? Does that name ring a bell? Is he related to Dan? Dan Marino and Jose Marino. No, uh, no, no, um, not, not, no, not related. No. Okay. Although then, obviously, no. by the way, have you seen the commercial with Dan it's talking about coming out of retirement? I think they listened to our cold open. I think they did. Yes. Yeah. I did. And we yeah. got to get writing credit left and right. Okay. So sorry, go ahead. Jose Marino is I believe he's Spanish. He has managed over a thousand football matches in Europe. During that time, he's won 26 trophies. He's won eight league titles across multiple leagues and two UEFA Champions League trophies. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He also anointed himself. He gave himself his own nickname and he calls, he's he, he's sort of, he was like Zlatan before Zlatan. Um, he refers to himself as the special one. <clears throat> Takes a lot for that. Okay. He is currently, he's currently the uh, manager for Roma in Italy and Syria. Um, he's in his third year as manager. And the way that he coaches or manages the third year usually goes incredibly poorly. He gets results in year one and year two. And by the middle of year three, everybody on the team in the front office, the media and the fans hate him and he has to go the first two years. They hate him, but he's winning. So he gets to stay by the third year. Everybody hates him and he stopped winning. And Roma is currently 16th in the table. They've only won one of their first six matches. So now there's thinking that he's going to go. So here's the pattern that has happened. In 2007, he managed uh, Chelsea. Um, he was in charge for 185 matches and then was asked to leave and got a buyout. In 2012, um, so he went to Inter Milan for a year. Then he went to Real Madrid and he was there at Real Madrid for, I believe three seasons in 2011 and 2012. He won the title. He became the first ever break a hundred points, broke the scoring record. He left at the end of the third season with a buyout goes back to Chelsea in the third year of his contract is 2015. He was 16th in the table in December, and they decided to part ways with a buyout. He went to Manchester United. He was he won a trophy. He was okay. In the middle of his third season, <laughs> they mutually decided to part ways. I think after he threw the entire front office under the bus and said he couldn't possibly win with these yahoos, and then the club left with a buyout. Sensing a pattern here. Yes. And then he went to Tottenham Hotspur and he arrived in 2019. 
and he was there for 86 games, and he was dismissed in April of 2021. He didn't even get to his third year there. Okay. So, Dwayne, how much money do you think that he has made, not from managing, but from all of the clubs who have bought out the portions of his contract to get rid of him. So this is just the money he has earned for clubs saying, I will write a check for you to never step foot. When Chelsea, he, he Chelsea wrote a check for him never to step foot in their place ever again, and then hired him again, and then wrote him a second check to leave and never return. How much money has he been paid not to coach football? He's so he's he's the Billy Martin of European football. Is that what you're saying? With yes, but not as lovable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, and do me a favor because I clearly should have been counting yes. as you were going through this how many clubs okay so this is chelsea and then it was real madrid then it was chelsea then it was man united then it was spurs that's five five uh i don't know the foggiest idea um will you give me not that it matters oh by the way it also needs to be in pounds (laughs) Not that it matters. Oh, not that it matters. I mean, I I have it in pounds. I will convert. If you give it to me in dollars, I will, I will, I will do that right now. Um, I have it right now. Okay. You have it right now. Okay. Well, that was quick. Um, um, will you, will you give me his annual salary at one of the locations? Um, no. I'm just seeing if this article has it. Hmm. This could be difficult. Let me just, I will tell you this. I mean, that is this a manager? Let me ask you this. Is this a manager that makes more or less than a half million dollars a year? Way more, way more. Okay. Way more. Uh, He's probably making his annual salary when he's coaching. Or not coaching. I'm guessing his annual salary is probably in the seven or eight digits a year. Okay. Uh, Then my guess is in aggregate, he's making 30 million pounds not to coach. Do you want to take another run at that? Am I low? Yes. (laughs) Damn. Was I off by a full Dwayne? You can't see a full Dwayne from where you're at. From where I was, a hundred and twenty million pounds. Did I overshoot the mark? Yeah, he has been paid roughly in his career eighty million pounds. My word! To get the hell out of the building. How do I get some of that? Which which equates right now to ninety seven ninety seven point seven million dollars. Again, he's made lots of money coaching. 
this is the, I just want to write you a check and I never want to see your face again. 80 million pounds. <laughs> Unless you're Chelsea. And then you're like, you know what? Let's give that, like, you know what? Let's try that dance again. <laughs> now uh, you know no, why he's the special one. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> takes It takes a special talent to piss people off that bad. It's a special talent. Like this is the kind of, here's the thing though. This is just like a pitcher, like an, a major league pitcher who loses 25 or 30 games. You have to be good enough to get thrown out there every fifth day. Yep. But not good enough. Like, like, but, but you still take the loss in order to be paid that much to not coach. You have to be paid even more than that to coach. And the scary thing is the first club or two or three might have, but by the time you get to number four and number five, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Like, look, I'm, no signing you to this, I'm signing you to this massive deal and you are going to blow this up in the middle of the third year. So maybe I shouldn't give you the six year deal. <laughs> Why don't we just make this for a two and a half year contract and call it good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um, yes, I would not coach all four, uh, all five of those teams for half that. <laughs> I think we could, co- we could not co-coach them <laughs> easily. Sure. Yeah. We'll trade off. Yeah. One game I'm Ted and you're beard. The next game you're Ted and I'm beard. <laughs> Fucking hell. Can I be, <laughs> can I be Roy just once? Oh well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't, that's yeah. Who doesn't want to be that? I was just going to say, I, I can't believe that's offsides. No, I can't. Cause I don't know what that is. Anyway. I, I don't know what any of this means. Could you explain it to me, please? Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. How about the Scott Frost Memorial idiot of the week? Funny. This is going to follow where that went because this has to do with offsides in football. Oh, this may not have hit your feed. But you're going to enjoy this as an official, as a referee. And when I say enjoy it, this is going to be cringeworthy. And this is like your worst nightmare. On Saturday, and normally I don't like to throw officials into the idiots, but this is a special case that has to be highlighted. In the Liverpool Spurs match, Liverpool scored a goal in the 32nd minute to go up 1-0. The assistant referee threw up its flag, waved it for offsides, ruling offsides. Luckily, they have VAR, video assistant referee. So VAR is going to go take a look at it. And VAR is really interesting because they can go back and look at it. And even if it's close, they have all of the cameras calibrated into a 3D space. So if they need to, they put a point on the the most forward position of the of the of the player on offense and the most the furthest forward position on the second defender and then it automatically draws the lines and it automatically tells you if it's a green line on sides if it's a red line off sides and if it's a blue line the two lines touch and this year they've said if they touch it's a good goal they go to replay 
the official the uh, TV NBC shows a replay of it, and you look, and at real time, you're like, oh, that's close, but he's clearly onside. Cool. Call comes down almost immediately up on the big board. Call confirmed, no goal. And the announcers go, well, that's weird. And then they go, this is all we got from VAR. And it was a still photo. And you look at the still photo and you're like, he's onside. You can tell by the cut of the grass. Like unless, and even the guys like, unless they were, unless they were mowing weird, like the cut of the grass, like I know the camera angle is weird. They didn't even stop the game long enough to put the lines in. Like it was close. Like it was like, I don't understand. I don't what. We didn't even like that was really I don't whatever. Anyway, NBC asks and the British broadcasters ask the officials, the company that you, that runs the officials for a comment about, "Hey, why what what was what was that?" And they had no comment during the match, which is one of the English commentators on another on the English channel pointed out, "Oh, when the officials don't have an immediate reason, they're covering something up." Hmm. Okay. The game, the match goes very, very poorly for Liverpool. Um, they get one man sent off with a red card. They get a second man sent off with a red card. Um, they are tied at 1-1. It goes into the, into the sixth minute of six minutes of stoppage time. And basically on the very last play, they own goal. So cross Liverpool kicks it into their own goal. Spurs win 2-1. As soon as the game ends, PGMOL, the professional game match official, whatever, the the company that runs the officials puts out a statement that said there was a significant human error. That goal that they disallowed should have counted. But they waited until after the match. Nothing you can do about it. Liverpool's now lost two to one. The Liverpool manager, when asked, said, hey, by the way, they said that they made up. He was not thrilled at all. The sending off of both of the players is very controversial. Everything went against them in that game. They still almost tied. And I looked at that and went, this could be the death of VAR. Like, they may have to get rid of VAR because I don't know what they screwed up. They didn't even drop the lines. How lazy do you have to be? Here's what ended up happening. It's even worse than you think. The video assistant, and by the way, when we say video assistant referee, there is a head referee and an assistant referee are both in the booth. So you have, and the, the, the video assistant referee is also an on, on field referee. They take turns doing all of this. So there's two referees in the booth. They looked at it. The video referee thought that the call on the field was that the goal was good. He reviewed it. And immediately could see that the player was on side. And so radioed to the referee, call confirmed. The call on the field that was confirmed was offside, no goal. Seriously. So the referee put the ball down, put the ball in play, and moved on. When the video referee said it's a good goal, but he got confused as to what the call on the field was and didn't look at the scoreboard to see that there was like the scoreboard actually says no goal. He didn't look at any of that. He immediately looked and went, Oh no, that's a good goal. Call confirmed. The assistant also wasn't paying attention and said, I concur call confirmed. He's on side. So they all agreed that the goal should have counted 
and it didn't. And as soon as they figured that out, they didn't stop the game and say, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, we made a mistake. They just went, well, the game started, so the rule says we can't do anything about it. So I guess we got to eat this one. So here you go. Related story. This coming year in high school basketball, there is a rule change that's being implemented. Up until this year, if you're taking the ball out of bounds as the official and you hand the ball to the wrong team and the wrong team takes the ball and inbounds it, once the ball is inbounds, it's too late. (laughs) You can't, according to rule, blow it dead, take it back out of bounds and hand it to the other team. That's the way it's been. And that's the way it's been for years. It's sorry, too late. There's no do-overs. This is this is not, there are five correctable errors in high school basketball. This is not one of them. They all have to do with whether or not you shoot free throws or whether you count buckets. Um, this is not a correctable error. This coming season, that will now be a correctable error. Even after the ball has been inbounded to the wrong team, you can blow it dead and go back and give it to the correct team. Yeah. Which makes sense, right? Yes. Finally. If if the referees make an error, and here here's my problem. Everybody's like by the way, the Spurs who won, the coach said, "Yeah, you know what? You can't make the game perfect. There's always going to be mistakes." So what? So they should have gotten a goal, whatever. They'll make it up some other time. If you assume that the beauty of sports is that somebody's going to make a mistake, then the rules of, well, once a mistake is made, even if you recognize it immediately, it can never be addressed. Like if you're going to assume that mistakes are made, then if you know that a mistake was made while you have an opportunity to correct it, it's one thing to say we never make mistakes. Therefore we don't need a mechanism to correct mistakes. But if you admit that you're going to make mistakes an opportunity to correct said mistake, quite frankly, even during halftime of that match, I know that it would have changed or whatever, but at the halftime of the match, there should have been like, Hey, by the way, Yeah. The referee ruled that that was a good goal. And we said, no, we should probably fix that while the teams are still here and in the stadium. Like we can fix that somehow here. We give them the goal. I understand that, that we don't have to go back and replay it or what, like, but we could fix that. But instead of, instead they hit it and waited until after the game, because once the game's over, well, now there's nothing you can do about it. Too late. Yeah. I, I may have shared this before, but um, I've also <laughs> told Lisa this again. Back four or five years ago, watching Real Salt Lake play before video assistant referee came to MLS, uh, everybody was clamoring for it because it could have come in in midseason and they waited. And the Real Salt Lake color commentator, Brian Dunseth, who is a former player, former RSL player, who's quite opinionated at things, his comment was to everybody, he's like, I know you guys all want it. He goes, it's not going to do what you think it's going to do. He goes, no. you think it's going to, you think it's going to fix things. And then this was his comment. What you don't understand is the same people who can't get the call right on the field are going to be the people at the monitors. The problem isn't that they can't see what's going on. The problem is that they can't get the call right and giving them multiple views of it 
still doesn't guarantee Does, that those people will make good decisions. It's help. not a technology problem. It's a referee <laughs> problem, and this doesn't address it. And if you think that giving bad referees more looks at things is going to make anything better, all it's going to do is slow down the games and piss you off even more when they still can't get it right. And I was like, oh, come on, Dunny. And now I go, oh. <sighs> He was wise. He was wise beyond his years. It's not a technology problem. Nope. Anyway, there you go. So all is not good in English football. Um, yeah, that was, it was, that, that's bad. That's, that's really bad. So anyway, how about you? Did you bring any idiots? Well, things aren't a whole lot better over in the NFL because in the game that I was live for, between the yes. Bears and the Broncos, the first yeah. touchdown that Shouldn't the Bears scored. Yes. DJ <laughs> Moore. And they put they put it up. I mean, this is this is my idiot as well. Um, they put it up on the screen, and I'm looking at it in the stadium on the big screen, going, um, his 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 foot never touched down. I mean, it was an incredibly athletic move. Amazing to the extent of I'm not sure how his foot did what it like how he did that in the air without it touching the ground in the air without touching the ground and then kicking the pylon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I that said was some uh, matrix. That was some matrix level stuff going on there. It really was. But I said to Amy, I'm I'm not sure that they can overturn it because they called it a touchdown. But I'm not sure that they've got a good enough angle to know to definitively know that his foot didn't touch the, Oh wait there. Nope. That's clearly he didn't touch the ground. And then they come back on like, okay, call stands. Call stands. Really? I mean, we'll you, take it. You, you me saw wrong. the video, right? You, like I, you mean, saw we, it. I mean, and it's on the screen. It says under the hood, we're looking and they announce over the, over the loudspeaker, you are looking exactly at what the official is looking at right now. I'm like, Oh, we're screwed. Really? Huh. Call stands. Really? Okay. I guess we'll take that. Ah, uh, I don't know what these idiots were looking at. <laughs> Not that it mattered because Den Denver eventually won the game, but whatever. For, for the record, I was watching it on TV and they went back to it and uh, CBS rules analyst, they brought in Gene Steratore. Gene Steratore and Gene's like, well, you can see right here, the foot doesn't touch. Um, he kicks the pylon. The pylon doesn't count. So, uh, I've got one foot down foot out of bounds. That's no catch, no touchdown. And then they come back and then they go call stands. And then, and then whoever's in the booth goes Gene and Gene goes, I'm not, I'm not, sh I'm not sure. <laughs> How, um, how do I tactfully I, call these guys idiots on the air? I, he goes, I guess they didn't have a view that showed that his foot didn't touch the ground. They're saying that as CBS is looping the angle that shows it clearly didn't. He always oh, comment was, I guess maybe they couldn't prove that his cleat didn't brush the top of a blade of grass. All I will say is I look at this review and I have as an incomplete pass. <laughs> <laughs>
You know what? You know what? Again, again, you know what we need? You know what the standard we need? 50 drunks in a bar. Yep. <laughs> there you go. There Just play. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that was, that was rough. Yeah. A uh, couple of travel stories. I, I was going to say, do, yeah, do we have something non-sports? Hey, look at that. Hey, look at that. Uh, I have, I have a couple of, tra- you remember, you remember when Ward was on and we talked about the mega power frunk and how you could put a body. Yeah. And the Ford lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> so when I was, um, this week, this last week at a tech recruiting conference, uh, I texted back and forth with, with Ward because there was a Rivian on the floor. Yeah. On the trade show floor. So I sent him a picture. They don't have a mega power frunk, but they do have a cubby underneath between the back wheel and the back seat where you could slide, for example, a set of golf clubs among other things. Mm, Yeah. So I texted Ward a picture of that and he says, or a body. And I'm like, uh, maybe. So you had to try it out. So I had to try it out. So I crawled (laughs) into the body, into this cubby of the truck and had the Rivian people take a picture of me proving that a, a medium-sized adult male body can fit in the cubby in case anyone is curious. Okay, two things. One, I don't think that that's going to make the official Rivian marketing material space enough to hold a body. Um, the other thing I will say is, do you know the one thing that can't fit in there? No. Yeah. Uh, the playoffs, because that's a cubby. Oh. <laughs> you know, it was going to fit in up until the absolute last day. It looked early September. Things were going great. Look at how the yes. room we've got. <laughs> look at look at all of this. We can look at how many cubbies we can fit in there. No. Nope. Not a single one. Nope. And Lisa, you thought this segment wasn't going to involve sports. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had two travel stories. One, this is a follow-up from our trip, our quick trip to Iowa. Um, yeah. we, we stayed we stayed at one of the fine hotel establishments in Iowa Falls on Saturday night. Uh, we we prepaid at uh, uh, at one of the establishments. I, I don't want to I don't want to disclose which which one it is. Um, you know, so we don't get in trouble. You got a 50, 50 chance, but okay. I would say you probably have like an 88% chance, but <laughs> you know, whatever I, you. <laughs> Is it a super 88? It could be, it could be, you know, I'm just saying 88% is a lot. I mean, that's, that's super chances. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So we, we prepaid, um, to get the good deal. So that was great. And then we checked in and like, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, even before we checked in our credit card got charged. Cause we, you know, as soon as you hit the cancellation time, they charge your credit card. Cool. Whatever. Got in that night, got our keys, whatever, head out the next morning, 
turned the keys into the front desk. She said, oh, yeah, I'll, uh, would you like a receipt? Sure, I'll print your receipt. All of a sudden, Lisa on her phone sees, uh, she gets a notification, credit card got charged for $5.99. That's weird. Oh. So she took the receipt, whatever, got to the car. She's like, why did I get charged five ninety nine? And it says right on there, it says, so there's the room rate and then the tax and then a service fee of five ninety nine. Well, we got to get on the road. She's like, I'll deal with this over the phone. So uh, when we got back home, she called. She eventually called the, the following Monday. She called and said, hey, um, can you explain to me what this? F- I prepaid for a r- room and it was all inclusive, according to the website. Can you explain to me what this five ninety nine service charge is? And the person on the other end of the phone said, oh, oh, you know what? I can take that off for you. Uh, that refund should hit your card in about a day. Think anything else I can do for you? So apparently, if you prepay for your room, they just charge five ninety nine on checkout. Additional. Maybe it's not even if you prepay. Maybe that's part of it. Is even if they just tack on at the end, not when you check in. That's not part of your room rate. When you check out, they just add a five ninety nine fee. For no apparent reason, unless you ask them about it, and then instead of explaining what it is, they automatically remove it. That that doesn't seem shady. No, that that seems legit. <laughs> that, you deal with hotel billing. <laughs> that, that probably is, happens everywhere you go, right? You know what? That is an action that has a lot of class. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, that's a class action. That's what that is. Well, given how many people were staying at that hotel versus the one across the street, it's a very small class. It's um, <laughs> also uh, one other travel story I had. I'm sorry, this is also sports related. It doesn't have to do with me, but I saw I I had this one last week, two weeks ago, last week. I didn't bring it. I'm like, I'm not even going to bring it up. But it happened for a second week, and I thought, okay, this is just getting bad now. Um, Last week, the Steelers played in Las Vegas on the Sunday night game. So that ended late Pacific time, right? Yeah. 9.30 Pacific. And they had to get on a plane, and they flew directly back. So they, they, they leave the stadium, go direct straight to Harry Reid airport, and then have a direct chartered flight all the way back to Pittsburgh at about three 15 in the morning. There was a problem with one of the engines, the oil pressure in one of the engines and the plane had to divert to Kansas city airport. Oop. At which point the company that they were chartering from, which is Delta. Um, didn't have a plane in Kansas city to take the 180 people that are part of the, uh, a part of the Steelers traveling party. And they were in a, by the way, just the plane that they were using normally flies Seattle to Tokyo. So it's, it's the big plane. It's a big one. It's a very big plane with the lay flat seats and the premium select and the comfort plus and the coach, but they got plenty of room with lots of big seats, which makes sense for, you know, big players. So you can't just send a CRJ 20, a CRJ uh, 50 or like four of them to go pick them up. Like nobody would fit. So 
they were on the ground. So they land at the Kansas City airport at 3.15 in the morning. The replacement plane has to come from Atlanta and takes off around 10.15 in the morning and finally gets them to Pittsburgh a couple hours later on Monday. That was last week. This week, they were playing in Houston. And after the game, which I believe they lost, um, they went to the Houston airport and uh, there was a mechanical issue with the charter plane. And so they had to sit for uh, multiple hours <laughs> waiting for their plane. This time, the mechanical wasn't in the air. They just hadn't even gotten off the ground yet. And they still had to wait for multiple hours before their plane was ready. I, I'm just thinking like, good news. Even if you pay for full-size planes, I don't know. We're not sending you the best. Um, but at this point, Pittsburgh's like, can we just play at home for a couple of days? Like just <laughs> so, so you, we think that we have problems. Oh, the door just closed. Oh, can I just, and then you're like, or the entire football team. Hey guys, <laughs> I know you've just played a, a, a three and a half hour football game. And most of you are incredibly sore and you need sleep because you're going to play again on a, you know, um, how, how would everybody like to hang out in a hangar at Kansas city airport for like, you know, most of the night. So anyway, there you go. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers not having good travel stories. Okay. So let's see what we're watching. Uh, this is going to be pretty short. I'm watching my team implode. <sighs> the first three quarters were, were a really good day for you guys though. Against I mean, an, against an admittedly pretty bad team. You take what you can get when you're this bad. That's fair. Uh, you look like you had a franchise quarterback. Uh huh. Ma- made his first 15 out of 15 completions. Six. His only his only incompletion was the hail mary at the end of the first half. He was first 23 th- for 24 at one point, and the hail mary was the only incompletion. First game over 300 yards. Yep, we had a hundred yard receiver and a hundred yard rusher. It's the first time that's happened since 2016 along with a hundred yard receiver, a hundred yard rusher and a 300 yard passer in the same game. First time since 2016. You also had a beautiful day. Look, the weather looked great. It was fantastic. And for the first three quarters, the stadium sounded loud and rocking, like probably like back when like everybody was in a good mood. And that it was that last 15 minutes that, that created some issues where there were enough Broncos fans in the stadium that chance of let's go Broncos rung out. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the stadium stayed loud. Okay. They set a, they tied a franchise record for blown lead. Hmm. Amy and I have been to both of those games. (laughs) Sweet. Remember the story that remember the story that I've told about going to Minnesota? Yeah. 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 You guys should get some commemorative coins or something, like challenge coins. Oh yeah? I was at both. That's and that's a challenge. Yeah. Now (laughs) to stay a fan for this long. Here's the thing though, I will say this. Lisa had talked about that's gonna be a terrible game. And I and I made a comment. I'm like, look, when when a really good team plays a really terrible team, the game is usually not good at all. When two good teams play each other, you should see really good football. When two terrible teams play, it could be terrible, 
Or it could be a good game because they're at least playing at each other's level. And what I will say is, I mean, there were touchdowns, there were long runs. It was exciting. There were pass like other than the complete, other than the complete meltdown and the historic come from behind win that was a really, and if you liked defense, admittedly defense was shaky, but there were points. It was exciting. Um, there were plays like it was a pretty good game. It was competitive. Yes. Right. And you know, I, I say that I say that regularly when we're officiating, give me competitive. Yeah. Those are fun nights. You know, what's not fun is 70 to 20. No. Yeah. That is not. <laughs> that is no. Yep. I hear you. Yep. Yep. 70 to 20 is not fun. Uh, what are you watching? We, uh, we started watching welcome to Wrexham. So oh, I don't know if I mentioned that last week or not, but uh, we're, so we're watching it and then went, Hey, wait, they release two a week. I mean, admittedly one's 19 minutes, but, um, it is so good. It is just, it is so well done. Uh, and, uh, I, yes. And the fact that they're taking time to go look at this isn't again, they're very smart. I get that. They're very smart. This season isn't all about how Ryan, uh, and Rob, Rob saved, saved everything. This is much more really understanding what impact the football team has in the community and what it means. And it, it, it's meant that it Ryan and Rob didn't change how much it means to the community. It's just helping them sort of uplift. As a matter of fact, at one point they were talking about something. And I'm like, can you imagine how much money is pouring into that town and the yeah. opposing clubs when, when Wrexham travels now, all of those, the fans that are going, that are buying the jerseys, but buying tickets and buying concessions, like it's a really good story. And Ryan and Rob are going to do just fine with it. But I think the nice thing about it is like everybody's making money off of this. They're not just, they're not just the only two that are benefiting from this. Like everybody is doing well from this, which is nice. So it's a good show. In a similar vein, how nice is it that Travis Kelsey is getting famous? I mean, his jersey sales are through the roof because nobody knew who this guy was. How awesome is it? Never mind. Okay, moving on. Next. At one point last night, it was about 10 minutes left in the... F- I They all expected that game to be a blowout because they had all of their Taylor Swift material ready. And this is a tied game with 10 minutes to go. And instead of talking about the game they're talking about Taylor Swift. And I said out loud, once again, if the people who are paid, if the NFL has such a terrible, terrible product, that the people who are paid to watch and talk about the game can't be bothered to talk about a tied game in the fourth quarter because they're more interested in talking about who is watching the game. I understand. The NFL is trying to rope this tiger and like, oh, look at all of this. It actually says something terrible about the NFL that she's more important than the game. <laughs> by the way, by the way, just be real clear. I have all some clicks. 
that is not a criticism towards her at all. This is not, this is, this is not her fault. This is not, this has nothing to do with her. This is the NFL and NBC going, will you watch her more than you will watch football? Fine. Then we'll show more of her and less of football. We don't care. We don't, we don't, this isn't important anyway. I guess I'm a lot of idiots of the week. Otherwise that could have been a, yeah. You could bring more than one. There's no rule against that. Oh, wait. I think there is. I think there actually is. There is a rule. I think some people don't follow the rules, but I'm pretty sure there's a rule. (laughs) Um, So this week, this was my first experience tailgating in an official Chicago Bears parking lot. How much did you have to pay that private company for the space? Oh, sorry. Different story. (laughs) Careful. Um, (laughs) I think the answer is $50. And... The pregame tailgate was great. We got back to the car. We got in. We got. We pulled out. Amy managed to help me back the car out of the spot. And we get in line to try to exit the parking lot. And we wait. And we wait. And we wait. And we wait. And we watch these drunk guys walk up and get into their Honda Accord coupe. Put it in reverse. And back straight into a guy that was waiting in line. Didn't look, didn't pause, didn't anything. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be, ooh. (laughs) Pre-game, I don't know if you know this, there's pre-game tailgating and there's post-game tailgating. So some people come back from the stadium and they break out all their stuff again and sit Mm. around and drink more beers and grill and whatever because you don't have to exit the parking lot. While you have to exit the stadium, you don't have to exit the parking lot for another two hours. And realistically, it's probably going to take you a while to exit anyway, so you might as well enjoy some brats instead of just sitting in your car waiting. Right, right. Let the traffic do its thing. Right. Um, so there was there was a group of guys standing there, sitting around drinking beers, watching all of this happen, in addition to all of us that were in line, sitting in our cars watching all of this happen. And um, the guy in the passenger seat of the car that did the hitting pops right out of the car, clearly drunk as hell. And the old guy driving the convertible that got hit frustrated and gets out and wanders around. And we watch the altercation (laughs) nearly come to fisticuffs between the passenger of the car that did the hitting and the guys who are doing the watching, not the oh, guy driving okay. the convertible, oh. not the guy driving the car that did the backing into, the passenger and the guys that are watching. And I'm like, if this isn't Chicago, what is? Everybody's pissed off over this loss. And damn it, I'm going to hit somebody. What did you say a couple of weeks ago? I'm offended on behalf of that person. <laughs> yes. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. This week, I learned how not to exit a parking lot very, very carefully, slowly, and, you know, with with your arms outstretched and and maybe with foam around your car. (laughs) How about you? Um, So we are, uh, as we talked about, so we're headed on a trip. So we're going to be out of the country for a couple of weeks here. 
Um, we've had a long list of things to prepare for, to be ready for the trip. We, you and I have recorded a couple of episodes to have for episodes out of time, you know, doing some packing, making sure stuff around the house is taken care of. But one of the things that was on the list was, oh, hey, you know, it's early October. It's, it's late September. Um, we should probably get our flu shots because we haven't got our flu shots yet. So mm-hmm. we should probably do that. And we were holding off because the new COVID boosters may or may not come out. And, you know, some of the people are like, look, you only need it if you're in a, you know, you should only get it if you're in a, you know, 65 or older or immunocompromised or something. Others are like, well, it'll be fine. It'll boost your, it'll, it'll, it'll sort of reawaken your immunity for maybe a couple of months, but it's not going to last. But I mean, there's no big harm in it. And we're like, hmm you know, we're going to be on airports and planes and different countries. And we've got this trip and then we have another international trip at the end of November. Like, yeah, you know what? Let's just, let's just get it. Let's get it out of the way because then we, you know, even if it only lasts for a couple of months, we want our, I mean, you know, we want to be as healthy as we possibly can be so that we don't, as we go through, especially the second one, we go through all of these countries like and get sick overseas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or even, or get sick right before we leave and then can't go on one. Like, let's just, yes. We'll do the best we can do. Sure. Swint. Yep. Got both of the shots, one in each arm. Lisa's like, yeah, this will be fine. This will be fine. And I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll be fine. And that was Friday morning. And Friday at 1 a.m., I was the hottest I have ever felt. And I was sweating. (laughs) I felt like an iPhone 15. Are you are you are you running Instagram? Oh my god! It was so bad that Preston, who sleeps on the bed with us, normally he sleeps near me on top of the covers. He moved to the complete opposite side of the bed because I was so hot, I was radiating heat through the through the covers. He's like, I don't want any part of this. I have a fur coat, and he slept on the other side of the bed for the only. That's the only time that has ever happened. When Lisa's not here, he still sleeps next to me instead of going to where there's more space. And Lisa was like, oh man, that's not good. I'm like, I know I gotta, gotta, gotta feel better. And I I need to do a long run and kind of had to put that off for a day or whatever. And at one point she's like, you need to take some, you need to take some Tylenol. And I'm like, why do I need to take Tylenol? Like, I don't, it's just, uh, it's just, I just really kicking my ass, but you know, whatever. And she's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's really, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cut down on that fever, you know? And um, my comment was the fever, that's how you know it's working. (laughs) (laughs) To a certain extent. I survived. So yes, fully prepared for not fully prepared. Hubris will be, (laughs) hubris will be punished as prepared as we can be. Let's leave it at that. The music is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod. You can subscribe to our award-winning podcast with visiting scholar Todd Prince and whatever the hell title Danny wants to bestow on me wherever you get your pods. Just... Search talking and the number two. There's no G and no space. You can stop by and see us. You know what? Tuba City Home Office is going to be closed for a couple of weeks here. Please don't do that. 
thanks to our listeners and our sponsors, Toddler3187, the Taylor Center for Technology Policy, and dj to go Cedar Valley. You can send us your feedback. Uh, I, at this point, you know what? I mean, yeah, send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but know that it's going to be about three weeks before we go live again. <laughs> so uh, feedback at Talking to Todd. You know how to get us or text or I suppose you could X us on, I, I don't know, whatever. Um, Todd? Last option for feedback. Um, apparently, you can go to iTelegram and <laughs> you can send us telegrams. <laughs> no, really? Telegrams are... <laughs> Are still available at itelegram.com. You can send a mailgram for $18.95, which includes up to, not inclusive, up to 100 words. This is a real telegram delivered by the Postal Service, usually within three to five business days. They say it's an exceptional value for sending telegrams at our lowest price. Now, mind you, they call it a mailgram because what you're doing is you're paying $18.95 they're going to print it out and put it in an envelope, seal the envelope, put a stamp on it and mail it to you. That's a letter. Okay. That's not a telegram. <laughs> That's a letter. Like, can't you still send a postcard for like 35 cents? Why wouldn't you just do that? Well, that's not secure because people can read it versus envelopes, which are really secure. The, the other option you have is first class priority telegram. This delivery is usually within 24 hours, Monday to Friday. I have no idea who delivers these things. Telegrams to hotels, hospitals, and funeral homes can be delivered on weekends. Rural Alaska, Hawaii, and P.O. boxes may take longer because they got to mail them. Um, signature required upon delivery for business addresses only. And you can also pay for additional proof of delivery with detailed delivery information. That is $34 plus 75 cents per word. The other option you have is you can cancel a contract by Telegram. And according to their website, they point out that the Department of Consumer Affairs in the state of California still has on their books, quote, if the consumer gives notice by Telegram it is effective when it is filed with a telegraph company. So you can give same day, same business day legal notice in many countries or in many, uh, in many countries and many states if you send it by 11:59 p.m. if you want the certified copy that it was delivered that's an additional 19 uh 19 interestingly enough that service is the same as the priority service it's 34 plus 75 cents a word and the last thing is just to let you know itelegram is trusted by america's best known companies according to them it is used by lendingtree td uh meritrade adt AT&T, Bank of America, Google, and this one kills me, Tesla. <laughs> you know, I have, I, have, I have a good mind to send that Elon Musk fella a telegram to express my displeasure. <laughs> 75 cents a word? What's yes. your word? We had a baby eats a boy? <laughs> the... <laughs> now, is that a capital or is that yeah That's... um by the way they they do recommend you can use this for urgent correspondence via the mail contract cancellations <laughs> weddings and anniversaries can't make it to a wedding a telegram is there when you can't be i was going to i was gonna i was gonna facetime you but i thought what would be even better <laughs> sure or 
sympathy and funerals. In times of sorrow, a telegram is a kind way to express your sympathy. We even have a few suggested ideas of what, I don't even want to click on that. Um, the only thing I haven't found yet and that I may have to work on for when we get back is now that we've promoted this, how do we get an affiliate code so we can get in on some of this sweet, sweet telegram money? Oh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. At some point we'll be back. We're here. We're talking to Todd. Did tonight's, uh, did tonight's podcast stop? Talked about sports a lot. Stop. Talked about telegrams a lot more than planned. Stop. No, really. Stop. <laughs> 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 <laughs>